You're listening to the Ontos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being and truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Mac. And our sentience depends on you. Now, maybe cue the intro music? And he was questioning that because our sentience also depends on ratings and subscriptions. And we love you guys for, you know, coming in and we got some more subscribers. It's always super exciting to see our see that we're getting more and more listeners here. And ratings would be a super big help for us to keep growing. We're such a small project, but we love the guy you people who started to follow us. Yeah. Thanks again, everyone. So um with that said. Rated S for spoilers. Yes, this is a Cosmere, a full-on Cosmere spoiler episode here, including the Lost Metal. So if you have not finished everything, go ahead and uh, scurry on now or forever be spoiled. So I mentioned a little bit the one thing that we need to keep an eye on over the next few chapters for those of us who are following us right now. Um, listen to more. We Marsh is confirmed over these these chapters that he's back in Luthadel. And we're going to see the trust starting to be developed on him as they start eyeing him as an Inquisitor. I did confirm before that Inquisitors are frequently um, sought after when they're uh, seekers. So they do see see them because I guess it like amplifies those powers, which is why Vin, you know, gets her, gets her stuff later on. Um, we get Ferrochemy, um gets dropped here and mm, we got to see not, not Ferrochemy, not Ferrochemy, not Ferrochemy, Ferrochemy. Yeah. Um, and so it finally gets explained at least a little bit, you know, uh, uh, we get to see a little bit more with Sazed coming up and later on they'll explain about how, you know, the, the Lord Ruler being a Ferrochemist, when he makes himself into a Mistborn, that's why he ends up being able to be alive. I forgot about that. Like, I remember them saying like, oh yeah, he stores his youth. But I was like, but if he stores his youth, that doesn't make him yeah, last forever. It's compounding. Yeah, it's because he compounds, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we don't even know what that is until we get the twinborns later on. Yeah, we have to get to era two to learn about what the heck compounding even is. Like, say he mentions it. Like he explains it in the epilogues later. But like he's, but you're like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. It was the classic Brandon going like, "Hey, I might have just wrapped up this trilogy, but uh, I'm still going to leave you with questions." Yeah, yeah. But uh, chapter twenty one. The the big thing I saw there was Kelsier. It's like it opens up with Kelsier reading the you know Alindy's journal, and he reads the epigraph, the exact ones again, where it's like you know the mentions the whole the future of the entire world. You know I have the ability, the knowledge to do it, and it's on my arms and everything. And I think that's a really cool parallel, right? Because we know it says it. Mm-hmm. He has the he has his metal mines on his arms, but it's cool. It's a cool parallel because at this point Kelsier. He has all the scars in his arms, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the, oh, it's just, it was just such a, I don't know if it was on purpose, but having a reread through this, I kind of got that moment where I go like, oh man, both Kelsier and Sazed have the things on his arms, but we realize in the end that it was Sazed. And that's one of the things that I think it's missed here because like you go back and you go on like Coppermine, for example, and you read, oh, here are the, um, here are all the epigraphs. What's, I don't think I found anywhere where it's like, here is Alindy's journal as complete as we know it. And we actually get to hear parts of the journal from Vin and Kelsier that aren't in the epigraphs at all. Yeah, um, that's cool. And so, like, I thought that was really neat to be able to revisit that. Um, the other thing is that we actually get to hear more about, like, why the deepness was what it was. So we're starting to get a little bit more, like, info of, like, 
it was uh you know destroying things it was taking out crops it was doing all this stuff yeah and on a second read through it almost feels obvious that it's the mist the mist right right it's it's like uh even ben was like why do they why is it this like you know purpley looking you know mo- non you know uh, it looked like a wave of something yeah it's like doesn't that look like smoke or mist like he's just yeah. like why doesn't it why don't they just show what it was as opposed to this stuff because that's what it was <laughs> it was um, the mist yeah um um I, I liked how also in chapter 21 how brandon also mentions like he hints at literally everything like ham the whole time was like I don't want to leave these people, you know, like they're, I'm leading them now. I'm the general here. You know, I don't want to leave them. I want to be able to support them. Wouldn't it be cool if I was like, if we could like support them after everything happened and everything. And I'm just like, is Brandon being a little cheeky and basically saying like, yes, Ham, you will be the general of this army for many books to come. (laughs) Well, it it could be that also, but I mean, um, you know, it, I think it's just also more a little bit more talking about character mm-hmm. with 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 him. We dunked on him in that in that episode, talking about or dunked on Kelsier in that episode, saying like he seemed like really uncaring. Like this is my army, I do what I want. He killed that one guy. Um, I didn't realize how stark the parallel of like Kelsier and the Lord Ruler was. Right, like, it, like he really lays it on. Like you're hinting of Darth Kelsier, which you talk we've talked about off off the record. Mm-hmm. Like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, because when we're going over our actual like reader's companion here, we're trying our best not to spoil anything. You know, sometimes like we'll try to pull attention a certain way, but we'll also equally do fades to right. things that don't matter because we want to keep people guessing. We just want to get people thinking about things the same way that they we were thinking when we'd have our conversations. You know, but also because we're in the future, we're going to talk about potential Darth Kelsier episode, and yeah. so people so people can follow and be like, oh yeah, I know what they're talking about. But like. I personally, like, I'm going to feel so embarrassed here because I know a lot of people would be like, well, that was obvious fod. Mm -hmm. But, like, I honestly was so blinded by Kelsier's such a cool guy the first time I read this book that I I ignored every parallel, that, like, comparison, basically. But the second read-through, I'm, like, going, like, oh, boy, like, even the epigraphs at points where Alindy's, like, you know, if I lose my cool, right, I'm not able to notice how people feel, you know. I'm completely lost, you know. I'm killing people. I wish I wish I wasn't such a realist. And I'm over here like Kelsier's literally doing the exact same thing. He's just like that person has to die because it's going to be better for everyone else, you know. Like just no emotion in this aspect. And and that was my thing is like that's one of the things I wanted to kind of tease on with like the more experienced readers to say like is Kelsier a good dude? Like we've talked about that in our episodes. Yeah, is he a good guy? On this re- reread, like, you know, it's one of those like, is he a good guy or does he just mean well? And he does bad things, right? Um, the ends justify the means. And he definitely does some really, really questionable things. Mm-hmm. But like the big thing, this episode, like this is the first time we've seen him take one of his own people, one of the people who agreed to be on him with this, the, that, that Bilge guy. Yeah, Bilge. It was like, like he agreed to come in and be a part of this army. And yeah, he started to have some second thoughts. He had some doubts. He was feeling very reasonably concerned. And then Kelsier baits him in and tries to kill him. All right. And let me now echo something from both the lost metal and from Mistborn born the final empire. Kelsier, aren't you just going to kill, kill clubs? He's leaving. He could rat us all out. We don't do that here. That's not our way. The lost metal. Aren't we just going to get rid of Marisi? She's not joining us. We don't operate that way. In this moment in the caves, 
this guy speaking out, kill him. I have to kill him to set an example. It, yeah, it is a, uh, it is different. I mean, um, it, I, I, I don't know. Like you're now that you bring that up, it's like it's it is rather inconsistent he's such a great character he's so complex yeah no and and you could see kind of like if you squint your eyes you can kind of see how like he might be that way what is it the office meme where it's like corporate wants you to find the difference in these pictures and it's like lord ruler and kelsker's like those are the same picture (laughs) (laughs) um that's that that, that's going to be my clickbait for the for the episode it's going to be are the is kelsker and the lord rule the same person actually I mean, <laughs> be careful with the episode we put that on you know um uh so anyway the the the, the seeing kelsier grow as like a character and be the way he is knowing what he becomes later um it is really really interesting like really it really does seem like brandon's playing with this idea right because you know we asked that question you know is kelsier a good person and what i always see is I can never tell you yes or no, because we see him do good things. We see him do terrible things. But then we also, even when it comes to the ghost bloods themselves, okay, on Roshar, the ghost bloods seem like this antagonistic and brutal force that is just awful. And then we see the ghost bloods, ghost bloods like on Scadrial, on Scadrial close to Kelsier, like more, I, I don't want to say under Kelsier's thumb more, but Kelsier's more direct working with them. And that reminds me of the old Kelsier, the good Kelsier, the Kelsier who doesn't sell out his crew. The Kelsier mm. who cares about everybody like that. And it's just like, man, we're playing with this idea of good and bad all the way into Kelsier's own organization. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, we we debated like on the Lost Metal episode of like how much does Kelsier actually you know? know? Yeah. What's going on? Like, is he is he really informed as to how they operate on Roshar? Um, you know, it sounds like he, the brother, uh, that one guy, I forgot his name already. It starts with a D, yeah, and it's, yeah. it sounds really weird. But he's a Southern Scadrian, and Illatil is mm-hmm. like his sister, and they both seem to be on the same page of being like really kind of brutal. And mm-hmm. she's like over Marais, mm-hmm. and so maybe it's just how she runs things, you know. But again, like we're you know when we debate about like what would happen if Kelsier had taken on you know basically the Well of Ascension. My argument is one, he would not have let the power go. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would have become Lord Ruler 2.0. But like how would have he acted? I think we have compelling evidence here that he would have probably been almost exactly the same as the Lord Ruler. Yeah, and I think we're gonna hold off on that one because I think we're gonna want to talk about that more in this like in depth later on. I'm just saying we're getting close to the point where Kelsier's gonna die. So at, at, mm-hmm. at, at that point you know, it's all of his character growth going up to Well of Ascension is that. But anyway, we'll 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 we'll, we'll get off of that. Otherwise, we we could be here all day talking about that. Yeah. So back to chapter twenty one to twenty five. What do you what What else do you want to talk about in this this aspect here? So again, I, every time I hear Entrone, I just kind of giggle because <laughs> again, that, he was such a big character. That that family was such a big character in um uh in the lost metal yeah um and like it was one of the few that i like kind of like hung on to remember because locale uh was another one because i know that's gonna be a big deal in in will of ascension but um um what i forgot was that house tekiel um vin vin's father's from house tekiel what 
Oh, you don't remember? Oh, you didn't know that? No, no, okay. no, no. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So it is funny because in Era Max 2... Max strikes again. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so Finn, the high Praline guy, uh, he's from House Tekiel. And so whenever I hear Tekiel brought up, I go, oh, yeah, that's that's Vin's house. And they find out later because in, in Era 2, they actually like like come out and say, we're the house of the... Our ancestor is the Great Ascension or the... Or the... Oh, my God. I missed that, too. Yeah. And oh. it, it, it's not like a huge deal, but it, it's they, just a fun thing. But they do bring it up. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's funny, like when I keep hearing House Tekiel get bring up, um, I, I don't know if she I don't know if they become a big deal in Well of Ascension. But it is they, but they are like you know keep getting name dropped here in in the first book, uh, the first uh, yeah first book. Yeah, that's just the, that's just like the really cool consistency again, where it's like it's not needed, but man, it's just kind of cool to I did find out those tidbits. I always remembered Ellen as being a ska sympathizer, but I completely forgot how ignorant he was of the ska. Like he literally mm. had not like he basically he didn't interact with the ska except for through books. Yeah, no, I think it's cool here because, like, it's again, like you said, I kind of ignored Ellen in the first book. I thought, no, I thought it was way out of like left field that they were like, let's put this guy on the throne. Like, I thought it was so like out of left field that that happened. But now it may seem obvious. You know, it seems super obvious onto why they would do it. And on top of that, too, it makes his transformation into the warrior emperor by the end of the third book so much more impressive and cool. Well, it also, I mean, actually this, this, because again, I, I made the mistake of having a huge gap of time between reading the first mm-hmm. and second book. Yep. So when I read the second book, I was like, man, this guy does no idea what's going on or what he's doing. He seems so smart, but he's so incompetent. And this is painting that perfectly. He's book read perfectly fine, but he's so sheltered. He has no idea how the world really works. He just keeps going quoting his books. So this is something I've noticed with Brandon's writing style with almost everything. It always seems like, you know, you might point me out as being wrong here. Maybe this is very much just like a biased mindset in this case, but it always seems that Brandon loves the idea of going the incompetent scholar to necessary warrior. Ellen wanted to be a virtuous uh, leader who was like, we don't need an emperor. We need, you know, we need a democracy and everything like that. And we need and a republic. He, and he be goes, nope, I was wrong. We need an emperor. I'm going to be that final emperor. Says it. I don't want to fight. I'm just a scholar. I mean, my job is to keep the information. Then I get back. I get that flashback and lost metal that made me tear up a bit of says it being like showing the image of him being the only one to hold the gate mm-hmm. against the, the coloss a necessary fight right you know Ray, like rayodin was the scholar in elantris right he had he had to fight as an elantrian yeah Ray, Ray, i know that one's a bit rayodin's kind of a mary sue <laughs> that, that one's a bit of a stretch i know but it's just this idea though you know of like it seems like whenever brian or brian brian whatever <laughs> brian Whenever Brandon has these scholar-like characters, they always end up having to. It's it's like it's like he's saying like, that's all good and dandy, right? But like, action is different, and they always have to come to the realization that their their perfect knowledge and the way they they read things is not how the real world operates. But I guess I guess my my point is is that I didn't realize how in this book it's already setting him up perfectly mm-hmm. to fail in the second book. Yeah, because you could he could have just left it at. 
oh yeah you know he's the obvious choice because he came from the most powerful house he's got all these political connections and he's a well-read scholarly guy on political you know change and he sympathizes yeah. and and you know uh and he his his uh lover is a freaking misborn assassin um obviously this guy should be the one that that's helped set up the new government and then he just fails again and again and again and this is setting up why because it explains how he is really smart he is really attuned to it he is very compassionate but in the end he really doesn't understand how the world really works and then even um i i I loved how set treated him in the second book because set came in and basically said exactly what you're just saying yes yeah listen kid you're great in fact, if people like you could rule the world, this world would be a better place. But unfortunately, the the world's ruled by people like me. Yep, yep. And uh, I, that seemed like really on the nose when it when I read the second book. But now reading rereading this, I'm like, holy crap! It was all there. I just missed it. I was like so focused on Van and all these other people. I didn't realize this this thing these these flags that were coming up on Ellen. Um, so that that was just really really neat to be able to go over on uh, on this way around. Um, and actually even Vin late in a later chapter, not now, but she later on will will chastise the others of the crew saying, you guys act like you know Ska, but you guys aren't real Ska because Mm -hmm. real Ska don't live this way. So there's a little bit of it, you know, coming from both ends. So I thought that was really neat, you know, character development wise. So, I mean, so we're seeing, I mean, we're seeing things in Kelsier that we missed the first time. We're seeing things in Ellen that we missed the first time, um, with Vin, I mean, this this seems, I guess Vin was pretty classic Vin, you know, this right? Sazed mm-hmm. was pretty classic Sazed. We learned, I I forgot that Doxon was a plantation ska, um, and how... I honestly forgot how much Doxon hated the nobleman, too, because, like, he seems so cool and collected. Yeah, he just seems kind of chill, like, in the background, like, and yeah. And I, like, reread this, and I'm like, darn, like, he just truly believes, he's just like, it's like... It's like he almost treated like the noblemen the same way they treated the ska. He almost treated them like animals. That's just how they are. They're e- they're evil pieces of turd. Well, I, I for- and honestly, I forgot that. Um, I forgot how bad the nobles were. I remember like being like, okay, yeah, nobles bad. You know that, that that's the thing. Oh, slavery bad. You know, but I guess I I could accept slavery, but I draw the line of the human trafficking. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, no, it was bad. Yeah, it was way worse than I remember reading it the first time. And, and and again, it's because Brandon goes over these like really brutal aspects of the world, but he doesn't focus on them. Um, like I think there's later on we're going to get an epi- a point where they're cutting off people's heads and filling a fountain full of blood. And the fountain just keeps starts shooting out blood, more and more blood. And it's like, that's <laughs> that's pretty intense. I don't know how it's going to translate to film. No. Yeah. But- without being a rated R. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the thing, though. Like, I think that's a very cool distinction between, like, how authors can write things, right? Because we think, like, this this is just as brutal as Game of Thrones with George R. R. Martin. In but George ways, R. R. Yes. Martin focuses on that aspect a lot heavier in the way just his writing style and everything. Because, like, everyone always can remember Game of Thrones for how graphic it is. You know, to, you know we're going to push away just the people who watch the show because obviously you have to see everything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you said, viewing it. But reading it, uh, I I, know I read the books too, and wow, like, yeah, it's pretty ter- like there are full on pages of descriptions on how someone dies and stuff like that. And in this, in the way Brandon writes, it's exactly like you said. He talks about very adult, very mature concepts, but he does not allow them to be the focus. 
Or yeah, he doesn't he doesn't push it. Like it's just like yeah, this is a really bad big bad thing. So like when El, when when Ellen dies at the end of the third book, right? It was just like the description was literally one sentence, and Ellen's head fell from his body. Yeah, and so I mean, it's easy to forget like what you know the big intense things that happened uh, uh, during the book, just because he didn't focus on them very much. But I I remember. You know, us being like, okay, nobleman bad, nobleman bad, and we being just like, okay, we accept that because you know slavery bad, right? Mm-hmm. And it's being like, oh, actually, it's like significantly worse. They're yeah. like, oh, here's the, here's a kid that gets killed in the middle, you know, of a street, slavery, trafficking, just okay. brutal. yeah, just and, brutal. And, and it's like in every way you can you can mess with a person, every way you can put a person down, um, they they do this, and the big thing I think he emphasizes is Vin keeps going. Oh, but they're so pretty. They're so nice. They can't be bad. You know, there's no way I can, I don't see these people being this way. And this is one of those like philosophy of Brandon things I want to bring up is the is one of the things that got brought up after, you know, the World War Two was they were interviewing people and they were trying to figure out why they could do such terrible things. And they realized there was nothing wrong with them, that they were all like basically normal people. And it was written in a book called like the banality of evil. And it's the same thing here, essentially that they're like, yeah, they seem like great people. And I'm sure they would like, you know, they probably love and care for other people and they probably are, it may say really nice things and stuff, but they also encourage this system and are sometimes deliberately a part of this system that lets these things happen. And they believe it's right to do so. And that's why they hate them. Uh, And that's why Doxon talks about them like they're animals because it's like, it's in their nature. Because, yeah, everyone takes a part of this and they're all cool with it. And you and I see this as a bad thing, but they don't. And that's like, it's heavy. I mean, these are, it's heavy that we, you know, we're going through that because I even, and I don't think in Era 2 I ever felt that. Like, there's a lot of human trafficking that happens in Era 2. And we, like, I'm kind of glad that it ended the way it did. Because when I read, remember Renality's Law, where they were talking about the women being stolen away, I was like, Oh crap! Oh, we are gonna yeah. we're gonna see breeding camps. Yeah, like we're I was, see Alamancy breeding well, 2.0. Like I thought that was gonna happen, and then in the end, it was like more benign than that, but still not good. Um, yeah. Uh, like Era Two was like I felt like less intense in many ways, except the hemolytic chimeras. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst thing we see here is the Inquisitors, um, but. Uh, it was just still still rather intense that we got to see that. I mean, we got heads on spikes. Uh, I forgot. I don't know why. I completely forgot Eden's, like, betrayal thing. Or not betrayal, but, like, where he yeeted the whole army into a garrison. <sighs> Eden yeeting the army. Yeah, no. Um, I agree, because I was telling you, I knew it happened, but it snuck up on me. I was literally like, just, like, rereading, like, listening right. to what was happening. And I like I had uh, I I explained it to you off mic. I had like this feeling in my gut, like you know, you just get that feeling. I'm like, why do I feel that way when Ham was going to the garrison? And then I remember the minute the the rebellion got mentioned, I had that moment of like PTSD where it all come flooding back, and I just had that moment like, oh, dolphin noises, yeah. like this yeah. is about to happen. That was that was my reaction too. Is my gut went, oh, that's happening already. <laughs> Yeah. like i forgot and then dude um, it's dude, it's the sanderlanch <laughs> yeah yeah we're 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 in the middle of the sanderlanch um and now things just start happening again and again um and like this is like the end of part 
three, three, uh, going into four, and um, like all this, the the intense things are going to start coming up here. Um, that's I think I think that's most of it. A lot that's of it most was of the cosmic was, stuff, yeah. was like some like lore dropping, but like this is just like building up the ferrochemy lore. And, and we, we mentioned and we talked a little off camera about this, and we're off camera, off mic <laughs> about this, but we're going to save this topic for a little bit further down the road. But we mentioned how I guess the only other Cosmere thing here that we'd want to talk about would be how like we mentioned now that Kelsner mentions that using Alamancy around the crystals that house the ATM. Okay, yes, let's talk about this. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to save this, but no, we're going to talk about it. Oh wait, no, actually, that is later. Never mind. Excuse me. We're going to save it because that's not that didn't happen in this this chap these chapters. But we need to talk about the freaking geodes. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I guess uh, another awkward ending to an episode here, but I'm super excited. We're in the Sanderlanch. Here we go. Buckle up. We're going to get even more Cosmere implications in the chapters to come. Hey guys, it's Matt. Thanks for listening to the Ontos podcast. You'll start seeing regularly scheduled episodes starting November 14, 2022. If you'd like to follow us, please consider subscribing. We're a small project, so please support us with likes and comments because that's what the algorithms crave. If you're listening to the YouTube channel, please hit the notification bell. And if you really want to give us a boost, consider supporting us on Patreon so we can give Vaughn a better mic.